The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Welcome to the show. I just tell you what, I can never thank you enough. You listeners have been phenomenal this month and continue to take this show forward. I mean it. I really appreciate it, all of you, and I hope you know that. And as you all know, we have dedicated this month to bullying, and actually the person on our show right now today uh, is really a person that inspired me beyond measure when I first met her and I read her book that she had written. Um, I, I, all I could say is it was as if someone shot me in the chest. I mean, I really can't begin to tell you. It was the impact. It took all the air out of me. It just, I just, I couldn't believe it. And then I got to meet her, uh, you know, and talk to her and have had her on the show before. And all I can say is she is a gift from God to all families across the world, especially right here in America. Um, she is unbelievable. She does unbelievable education on Bully Side. Uh, she speaks out. She's the author of Bully Side in America. Moms speak out about the bullying suicide connection. She's a national champion for all young people uh, with and without disabilities who are victims of bullying. She has more courage than probably most people you'll ever meet. She's the author. She speaks across the country and recently on television on E! Network, E! Investigates Bullying. Brenda, Brenda, hi. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Joyce, for having me. Oh, it is always my honor to have you on the show. Um, and we all thank you, Brenda, that you are a voice for those that do not have a voice. So we decided to dedicate this entire month, as I told you before, to bullying. But for our listeners throughout the country who have not heard you on the show before, um, how about if we start by telling them what inspired you to do what you do? Well, um, I, I had a son named Jared who actually he was born almost 20, 25 years ago. Was on, his birthday was on the 23rd. And he was a sweet, um, really happy-go-lucky sort of boy. But when he was in sixth grade, he was bullied and harassed and um, <clears throat> became the victim of an assault by the main bully, which caused him to become depressed. And he'd have um, kind of up-and-down up depression. I guess they call that bipolar where one minute, you know, you could tell something was wrong, and the next minute, um, you know, he, he acted normal. And throughout, he was, he was uh, harassed, and, and his assault was on May 6th of 1998. And um, the school handled it very badly. 
brought the bully in with my son, who had just been threatened to be killed the, the day before, and put them in the same room together and said, what happened? And, and the bully was, he was an eighth grader who was about seven or eight inches taller than my son and probably about 75 pounds bigger than my son. And uh, he'd had a record of that type of uh, assault and and harassment, and from what we found later, he'd been throwing bricks at kids when he was in third grade. He was a violent boy, and um, they brought him in the same room together and said, what happened? And, and my uh, sixth grader said, uh, uh, well, uh, whatever he said happened, you know, he'd just been threatened to be killed the day before, so he was going to, whatever the bully said. So both my son and the bully were kicked out for fighting, <laughs> which, you know, is ridiculous. Unbelievable. But. Anyway, uh, during the summer, my son developed depression, and he just wasn't the same after that. It'd be the same as if somebody had been in a car accident. You know, you just don't get all over a trauma like that overnight. And I didn't know it was called depression. I, I, I kind of guessed it might have been post-traumatic stress disorder, and uh, I have a degree in psychology, but I didn't understand that depression can come and go. I, I thought it was you know, something you always saw them down deep in despair and stuff. And he seemed normal, at least some of the time, but he had a lot of the signs that if I had been a trained psychologist, I would have been able to see that. Well, because of the, what the school did to my son, you know, the way they reacted, basically saying that it was his fault, too, for being assaulted, I decided they didn't deserve to have a good boy in their school. And, and so I took him out of that whole school district, and I put him in another school district. And so then I took him to the new school district with a new school, middle school, over in Richland, Washington. And he came out of school that day, and he says, Oh, Mom, the kids are so nice, and the school is so great. It's like 20 times better than my other school. And so I, as a parent, relaxed. I thought, everything's fine now, you know, everything's good. And But for three weeks, when he was in school there for three weeks um, before he died, he couldn't concentrate you know he still had all the classic signs of depression you know he he wasn't motivated and um he he would sleep at various rare times during the day and not at all at night anyway on september 29th 1998 which by the way the anniversary is tomorrow jared refused to go to school and he just wouldn't talk to me and so i i you know i had to go to work and so i told him well you know, uh, I, I can't, I can't stay here. You know, I got to go, and you know what the rules are. No TV, you know. And I didn't assume anything was going to happen. Um, but here's the irony of it all. I, I said to my, I, I called my husband up several times that morning before he, I left for work, and I said, Bill, we need to do something. We need to get him some counseling. This is not well. I, he's just not recuperating well from, you know. And, and we, we knew it was from the bullying. And um, so my husband, I had left for work, and my husband was actually looking at our benefits package on, you know, um, how to get him therapy. When Jared called him on the phone and said, Dad, Dad, I just called to say goodbye. And then he shot himself while he was on the phone with my husband. And, well, our, our lives have never been the same since that moment. And we had no clue that he was thinking about it. We, you know, he didn't leave a message or a note. He just took his life. And our whole family has 
has been devastated. But out of the ashes of uh, the grief that we went through and out of the gaping, you know, hole of, you know, uh, of the scar that was caused that day, we decided, you know, our whole family decided we were going to move on. And each person had their own project and um, their own healing project. And mine was that um, I needed to see if I could prevent it from happening to somebody else to be that type of um, shock in their lives. And, and so as we were moving on, we, we did sue our school district for wrongful death. And as we were going through depositions, we found that teachers and administrators had absolutely no clue what to do. There were no policies, procedures, rules, nothing. And they, in fact, we had one principal that said, you know, this is just, uh, hey, this is just boys being boys. We didn't know, you know, that it was going to go any further than that, you know, with the assault. And, and uh, you know, we, we uh, you know, it, it was just ridiculous how little they knew how to handle the problem. So then I knew that the only way you could do this to require administrators and teachers to do something about it was to get a law passed saying that they had to, that they were required to set that foundation. So in um, 2002, I went to the legislature, which, by the way, the year before hadn't even, they had it in committee and didn't even pass it out of committee. But the next year I decided I was going to get active, so... I, I went to the legislature, I testified, and we got the law passed out of committee unanimously. Then it passed the Senate, then it passed, and then the governor signed it, and it became an anti-bullying law officially in, in uh, Washington State in 2002. And just immediately after that, it seems like I was getting calls from around the country saying, what could we do to get a law passed in our state? And it was actually out of that that bullypolice.org um, came out of the um, ashes, so to speak, and we started to grow our organization of all proactive parents to um, to uh, get anti-bullying laws passed. So that's that's kind of a little bit of the story about what what uh, progressed here with Jared. No, I, there will never be a time that I hear this story that it does not impact me, Brenda. And just so you know, Brenda, in honor of you, that is why I chose this week to have you on. Thank you. To give respect to Jared. I knew about tomorrow. That's why we chose to have you on this week. And for those of you <clears throat> listening to the show, I mean, you have no idea what this woman has done to save lives by speaking up, speaking out. And you know it takes a real giant to go through something as terrible as this and be able to give back. It really does. So, uh, Brenda, we are with you 100%. Um, I wanted to tell you that while you were speaking, because we are live on Twitter and Facebook, um, one quick question was, did the school, um, you know, ever do something about this? Did they ever get back in touch with you and apologize and say they should have handled it better? Well, um, no, they never did, really. Um, in, in the case of the bully, he was given many opportunities to say that he was sorry, but he, during deposition he actually said, um, well, Jared was an annoyance, and, you know, basically he used that as an excuse that Jared was an annoying kid. And, uh, you know, bullies will use any excuse for oh, their actions. They're, they're that way, you know. 
Oh, what happened to him? You know, he, you know, because we actually, we sued his family, too. We sued him and, well, his family, because he was a minor. And because of that lawsuit, and people go, oh, that's horrible, that's horrible. But because of that lawsuit, he had to toe the line. That could, kid could not spit without somebody noticing. The school district, you know, kept on him. Don't you get in trouble, you know, because it made them look bad. Mm-hmm. So because of that, you know, the, the fact that his father was in jail at the time of the deposition and that nobody expected this kid to even make it through high school, he did. He made it through high school. He graduated. From what I hear, he's happily married, um, has a job, you know. But I think that if he had not had to toe the line for three years, you know, while the lawsuit was on, it might have been a different story because before we threw the lawsuit on him, um, he was, you know, doing some pretty bad things. He was getting himself in trouble. So I'm, I'm saying he had to change. Now, the school district, on the other hand, we were more concerned about, you know, them taking some responsibility. And, of course, getting the law passed in Washington was just, like, the really big thing to me because it, it, it said to them, in a sense, you know, you should have had something going on here because you don't have to have a law to have a policy. You know, uh, some people think, oh, you have a lot to have a policy. No, school districts can set their own policies, so there's no excuse for not having a policy. But we did win the lawsuit, so to speak. We nine, 11 days before trial, because there was a bond election coming up, they, they didn't want to look bad. So for the second time, they brought us in uh, to talk about settlement. First time, we walked out because we thought it was so ridiculous. But now they were a little more serious because it was getting closer to the court date where we actually go to court. And so 11 days before trial, they settled for 140000 And we put no gag order on anything because it wasn't the money. The money was nothing. Who cares about 140000 When Most of it, by the way, went to the attorneys and, you know, to pay costs and stuff. But what was important was that my... Um, my lawyers had trial briefs all written up and ready to go for the trial. And I refused to do a gag order because I wanted to use those trial briefs, and I posted many of sections of the trial, small sections of the trial briefs actually on the Jared Story website because I knew that there would be other parents that would, be having, would have the same situation as us. They may have actually lost a child. And we know of at least two cases where one child in Alaska, for instance, uh, attempted suicide. He didn't die, but he became disabled for the rest of his life, you know. And um, they sued, and I guess they won over $4 million. I don't know if they ever see a penny of it, but that's what they won. And they used our case. And so the trial briefs were were priceless. And so anyway, that's kind of what happened with, um, and they never apologize, you know. But when you win a case, if you win a buck, you win. You know what I'm saying? That's right. So... It makes a difference, right? It does. It makes a difference. Unbelievable. Well, okay, we're going to go to a quick break, and then we'll be right back. Hey, if you're listening right now, we're talking to Brenda High, the author of Bully Side in America, Mom Speak Out About the Bullying Suicide Connection, and spokesperson recently on TV, just doing everything she can. She is the founder of Bully Police USA. We'll be right back. You are listening to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender, where we care what happens on VoiceAmerica.com. 
Radio.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back with Brenda. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. There's a course offered on 7th Wave Network that you never saw offered in college. One that provides information on how to transform ancient wisdom teachings into everyday life. You'll learn how to create from your spirit and explore the world with all of your senses. Participation is encouraged. Enroll in Spirituality 101, the course you can't afford to miss with your host, Reverend Norma. Class is in session every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time in your favorite classroom, 7th Wave Network. What it comes down to, ladies, is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darling, sugar, and sweetheart. But I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style, every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, right here on the Voice America Women's Radio Network. Hi, I'm Greg Grumberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. And welcome back to the show. If you just joined us, we're talking about something so important and unfortunately often not brought out of the shadows, and that is bully side. Brenda High is our guest today. She is the author of Bully Side in America, Mom Speak Out About the Bullying Suicide Connection, and she speaks across the country. She's the founder of Bully Police USA. And may I tell you, Brenda, your story is so unbelievably powerful. Um, A lot of people ask me this question when they're talking about uh, possibly they have a child that has committed suicide, and a few times people have told me they didn't have any, they didn't know, they had no idea this was going to happen. Do you feel that's common? I mean, obviously you didn't know it was going to happen or you would have stopped it. Yeah, I think that's extremely common. Um, In our book, there was only really one uh, child that you might have predicted might have um, uh, some problems and it might end up that way because she had depression. Obvious depression was actually, I think, being treated for it. But in most cases, I'd say 9 out of 10 times, you have no clue what's about to happen to you. You know, you, you... you know, you might know your child is having some problems, but you would never suspect. In fact, when Jared died and we told people on the 
phone, you know, we talk to people and tell them what happened. They thought it was my older son that had done it. And, and when we kept saying, no, it was Jared, they were like, no, it couldn't be Jared because he was so happy-go-lucky, so sweet, so kind, you know. It was just not in the nature. You never would think that your own child and your most happy-go-lucky child would be the one to do it, you know. It's always the, the serious, you'd think the one that really thought it through. But you know what? They don't think before they do stupid things like that, you know. They, they don't think about how it's going to impact a family. So it, it, it's totally, it was a surprise to me. I'm sure it'd be a surprise to any parent that their child would be capable of doing something so drastic as to take their life. You know, when you said they said that to you, they yeah. said that to you, why? Because of his age? Because, yeah, 13 and 6 days old, you know, and, and uh, they, they couldn't imagine that somebody that young would do it. And, and you got to think, it, it's like, how could anybody have, I hate to use the word, courage to do something like that? Or maybe another word might be the mental uh, immaturity to understand what they were doing. I don't know. You know, I I can't explain why a child would take their life. You know, in that in that sense, I I would always think there would be somebody much older, you know, that really thought it through. And you know, so I mean, it is a shock. You would have to, you would have to. I think about that all the time, Brenda. I'm saying, wait a minute. Yeah. You know, so many of us are afraid to do anything, and certainly, you know, yeah, thinking of of a child doing this yeah tells me the level of desperation pain yep. and fear or no hope that the person has to get to that point yeah he you know i know he had to have thought about it before he did it you know because uh, first of all i mentioned that he took his he took his life with a gun well we don't keep our bullets and our you know we don't keep the gun loaded and we don't keep the bullets anywhere where it can be found and so he had to have searched prior, you know, to find the bullets. He had to have known where the gun was. It wasn't easily accessible. So, I mean, he had to have at least had the mental ability to do all that. So he was thinking about it beforehand, but he was telling nobody. And, uh, you know, I just think, gosh, you know, I'm a religious person. Why would God let somebody do something like that to themselves, you know, a child at that? But then, you know, I don't know God's mind, and I think that if it hadn't have been okay for Jared to come home, that there would have been angels here to prevent it. So I just got to let my trust be in God and, and taking care of Jared and understanding he understands the mind of somebody who's depressed just as much as he understands the mind of somebody who's got cancer mm-hmm. you know, or any mental illness for that matter. So I will let the Lord take care of my son, and I'll go on with my life. And, and really, isn't, it, isn't life about living, the mm-hmm. living, and not, you know, the dead? So, Yes, I believe Jared is well taken care of and certainly in a better place than all of us right now. But I will say this, although I do believe many people, just not even victims of bullying, but that are depressed or have bipolar disorder, obviously... Uh, you know, do move on and at times do commit suicide as a result of that. But I will also say that if a child has depression, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and then a person bullies them, which results in them committing suicide, then in my case, that person 
bullying committed the crime. Yeah, you know, I, I, I can't judge too harshly because children do not, as you know, children just don't have the capacity in their mind to understand what adults understand. And so I'm, I'm not going to blame the bully so much, but I will, you know, they are certainly going to be responsible for their actions at some time or other in their life. I, in, this, in a sense, I kind of blame the adults for letting the kid get that far so that they would, would uh, hurt somebody. I mean, what, what is it? What does it say when a child goes into first grade and starts bullying and harassing people? What's going on in their family? Why are the parents of that bully allowing that type of behavior when they're not watching and, and doing something about it, you know? So I think it, go, it goes deeper than just the child themselves, but I, I think it goes to the adults that are in charge. Oh, we've got to be better. We've got to be better stewards yeah. of this. We've got to be better. Watch. We've got to get more on track with this. A child's life is precious. I mean, come on, folks. Mm-hmm. Wake up to this. That if your son or daughter is doing this, it is just horrible. And we do have a caller on the line right now. Um, Here we go. Okay. Chris, Chris, are you on the line there? Yes, I am. Hello, Joyce. Hey, Chris, how are you? Good. How are you? Good, good. Thank you very much for calling in. Yes, um, Brenda, I would first just like to say thank you for um, writing that book. Um, I know it's hard to lose someone um, that you really loved because my sister's friend just lost, and lost a newborn born baby, and it's always hard to think that someone that you cared about was gone. But um, I feel that people, like I'm in college now, this is my first year of college, and I feel that in, in high school people got bullied so much that I stood up for on people like that because I never really understood why kids were um were making fun of you. Like I feel like kids were making fun of other kids because it made themselves feel better about themselves because, you know, they wanted to fit into that in crowd and they felt that if they made fun of somebody, everyone else would, would too. But um I don't think it's anything that you, I don't think it's anything that um you did because I'm sure that you gave your son everything everything that he wanted and I'm sure that um you are a great mom. I just feel that kids these these days just want to make themselves feel good so they have nothing else to to do but so they turn to on bullying. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to stop I'm trying good to stop you. bullying if I can. Good Chris. If I could say one thing, Chris, you know when you helped that person, you were their hero and they'll always remember you. And it it's like the everybody remembers who the bullies are but they also know who all the heroes are. And so right. I applaud you for stepping in and helping somebody. And I, I say this, if, if those that are out there can teach their kids one thing is to grab a friend when they see somebody being bullied, grab somebody standing next to them and do it together, do it as heroes in a crowd. Um, and and the, the, the people that are actually watching can make a huge difference for that child and they can be heroes for that, that child. Right. It's just that now that I'm in college, it's totally different because in high school, kids made um, made so much fun of you and were always joking. In college, it's like it seems that everyone is more worried about themselves, and I feel that there's not a lot of bullying that goes on on college campuses right now because um, I feel like people are now more grown up. Now they realize that what they did in high school is something that was in their past, and now they want to try to improve on. And I, I know that I had yeah. this one um, friend who... Um, 
used to be a bully back mm-hmm. in the day, but then, you know, he stopped and thought about it and said, why am I doing this? Why am I making fun of some innocent kid who did nothing to me? Good, good, good. Well, Chris, as far as I'm concerned, you are a champion. Thanks. Um, and, you know, if there would be more people like Chris that would stand up, um, and this is Chris Cugini who called in, and if more people could be like Chris and stand up, um, remember, if you see someone being bullied and you don't do anything, as far as I'm concerned, you're part of the whole thing. You know, right. If you can stand up, just what Brenda said, they will never forget you. And I know there are a lot of people that you have and will help, Chris. So you because just, you are the CEO of your life. You are the ones who can make a difference out there. That's, that's true. That, that's right. Well, you keep up the good work there, Chris. Thank you. Chris. I will. Thank you. Out of you. All right. Have a good day. You too. And you know, I wish that it was like that. Um, don't want to disappoint him, but you know, I have uh, members of the Bender Leadership Academy in college, like you know, a person who was blind, mm-hmm. that went to a sorority, wanted to be in this sorority, went to the meeting, and when she walked in, heard them saying. I guess she didn't know you have to be attractive. Hmm. Yeah. So maybe it just takes a different form, but yeah. sadly. Well, and also at the at the university level and the college level, it gets a little bit more sophisticated. Maybe it's not the same sort of thing as what happens in, in elementary, middle school, and high school, but as they move into high school and college, it, it becomes more electronic bullying. And I get a lot of um, a lot of college students that are talking about how they're being harassed online, or you know, by uh, texting or you know, cyberbullying of some sort. So it gets a little more sophisticated. But see, what happens when a person turns 18 is all of a sudden they get some legal rights. So it doesn't happen so much at the at low, the higher levels, blatantly, as it does when they're younger, because. When you turn 18, you can get an attorney and sue that person, you know. So they're going to—they're not going to bully so much openly um, as they get older, as they would young, as a younger person, because unfortunately, the law just isn't with the kids being bullied in school. I know. I've never understood why. It's so amazing. Here they are doing these things, um, and as you just said. 17 years old, you're assaulting someone or you know, mm-hmm. whatever you're doing. One yeah. year older, hey, guess what? You're soon going to assault. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing how that works. Right. Uh, but you, you had mentioned, I do have a question here that came in um, on Twitter, and it is, Brenda, thank you so much for what you're doing. My question for you is, if you live in a state that uh, does not have a bully police, and thank you for your uh, website with that information. If the school, if you can get the school board to put together a policy, would that be strong enough that you, to stop incidents of bullying? It's a good start. You know, there are a lot of different foundations you can have. I, I say start with a uh, foundation of a good anti-bullying law. But if your state, like uh, there's only five states now that don't have any kind of policy or um, a regulation with an anti-bullying law, and so most states have them, but start with the anti-bullying law, and if they don't have one, then go to your school board and say, hey, look, I'd like to sit on a committee that, has an anti- that will start an anti-bullying policy. Can you start a committee, and let's get one in our school district, because 
obviously the state's not going to do it, so we've got to do it ourselves and make sure that there's civility and and uh, uh, having a peaceful environment in our schools. And I think most school board members, and I used to be one myself, so we want to make a difference and we want to make our kids feel safe, you know, in the classroom. So most school board members, I'd probably 95% of them would probably say, hey, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, and, and maybe one of them will sit on the committee. So you get parents, you get teachers, you get students, and we get all together and we write up an anti-bullying policy and, and it makes buy-in and, and, and makes the law more effective and the policy more effective in the school district. Oh, I think that is a great idea. I do. I th- I think that is a great idea. And, hey, as she said, something is better than nothing, right? Okay, right, now here's the next question. That's right. Um, so what if they do have, what if you are in a state with the bully police and bullying happens at your school, what do you do? Well, if you are in a state with an anti-bullying law, then what you have is, is the rules. It's like any... You know, like a monopoly game, there's the rules. And so what you do is you take the rules to your school district and you say, hey, our law for our state says that we have to have this, 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 this. And obviously it's not being obeyed because we have a chronic problem here. So let's get a committee. you got to go again to the school board and say, let's get a committee together and discuss how we're going to make this work, this law work. And, again, it's buy-in, it's parents, it's kids, it's, it's all of these people coming together to work out a problem that they have in their school district. And when, you, when there's an open discussion about it, then there's no closed, closed stuff happening behind the scenes because it's all out, you know. You know that it's happening. You're not in denial. You know, you're not being lazy about the issue. You're going to go out and you're going to proactively solve it. So it, it's, it, I know there are, I get lots of complaints from parents saying, you know, this is happening, you know, we have a law, but they, the school doesn't care. Well, you, if you go to the school board and you, you know, demand that they get this thing going and, and solve the problem and you, you know, get people involved and it continues to happen blatantly against the law, then as long as the parents are keeping records of what's going on, they have cause to get an attorney. If their child is assaulted and they've done everything to, you know, make sure that this thing, this law is obeyed, then they can get the attorneys and sue them. Because, and, I, and I'm, I, I'm not a lawsuit sort of person, but we need to get proactive with uh, making sure these laws are obeyed. And if they've had every doggone chance to get the law obeyed, then they need to become responsible for it, and the school board members can be sued. And and I know that because I was on a school board and. You know, we were threatened many times with lawsuits. So we took action to prevent that from happening. And if they're a smart school board, they're going to make sure that they're doing everything they can to, to obey their laws. You heard her. We got to get moving here, folks. Got to get moving. Got to get some things done. And I got to tell you, talking about someone who gets things done, but this really, Brenda, once again, connecting back to Brenda High. That's why. Uh, we love you so much and admire you and are inspired by you, Brenda. But last week we had as our guest Kevin Epling, and I know mm-hmm. you know him well. Yep. Um, and I wondered if you could explain to our listeners, how did you get all those parents involved? And these, of course, if you don't understand Kevin's uh, son, Matt, 
committed bully side as a result of bullying. He was on last week. Uh, but somehow you were able to get all these parents connected with you. How did you do that? Well, um, actually, back in 1998, when Jared took his life, people, I would tell them about the bullying, suicide connection, and they'd kind of look at me, you know, like uh, with their big eyes, like, what? Uh, what are you talking about, you know? How could that be? How could that happen? You know, how could there be connection between bullying and suicide? You know, and then I started gathering friends after Bully Police dot, or actually Jared Story started at jaredstory.com, and then bullypolice.org, and I started gathering friends and, and people who had been through the experience, including Kevin Epling. And, you know, I started gathering parents, and actually we started out with about 10, 10 parents, and it always seemed to be the women that wanted to write. So it, we decided to do Mom Speak Out, and we actually, um, I'm actually working on a second book called Bully Side in America, Speaking Out About the Bullying Suicide Connection, and this one will be um, open up to the fathers and mothers, brothers, sisters, and probably half the book will be from psychologists and, and college um, university professors speaking about various questions we'll ask them. But anyway, one person's story can be powerful, but the stories and, and Brenda, of lots of And we will all want to endorse your book, and yeah. I will have more people for you to talk to. So yeah. that uh, I, I'm very, very excited that you're doing that. Thank you. Uh, anyway, the stories of lots of parents can be just really undeniable. The connection can be a lot stronger with more than one story. So that's where I gathered all these parents together to write the story. So, I mean, they just obviously then heard about you, what you were doing, mm-hmm. and started getting in touch with you. Yep, that's right. Lots of emails and phone calls. And do these parents still keep in touch with each other? Oh, yeah. We're all, you know, connected. You know, we, we of course, Kevin is is um, my right-hand co-director, and um, we have uh, all the other parents. We keep in touch via email and phone calls once in a while to see how we're doing. So, yeah. Yeah, he was fantastic. Well, okay, we have another caller on the line. Gerald, are you on the line? Yep, I'm here. Hi, Joyce. How are you? Hey, Gerald, how are you? I'm doing great. Good. Thank you for calling in. Thank you. Thank you, Joyce, for taking the call. And uh, hi, Miss Hi. Hi. Um, my name is Gerald Homie. I just wanted to give a call in. Um, I'm I'm a, actually an intern here in the Bender office, and I'm mm-hmm. also the head of what we call the Bender Lead On Team, and mm-hmm. we're a group of high school and college students with disabilities like, all across the U.S. Uh, trying to fight against bullying and any and advocacy and whatever things that we can prevent for young people with disabilities. And, I wanted to give a call to you, Ms. High, and I wanted to thank you so much for writing this book and just with everything that you do for young people with disabilities out there in this country and just young people in general to help fight against this horrible epidemic of bullying and bully side that we have going on in this country. And it's Mm -hmm. just so devastating to see everything going on. I just wanted to thank you so much for what you're doing to help stop this. You're, You're welcome, and I'm very pleased to be able to help. And uh, Gerald, Gerald's father is a manager in my company, uh, leader in my company, and he is a person who is blind. Gerald also has a disability, uh, but didn't start speaking. But it's a hidden disability, so he didn't start speaking out about it till recently. And if you go, any young person with a disability listening to the show, if you want to be a leader in America, or if you are a victim of bullying, you go to Facebook. Uh, and go to the Bender Lead On Team and join that team. But, uh, Gerald, you know, right before 
uh, we got in a few minutes ago, Brenda was talking about even, you know, cyberbullying. Mm-hmm. And I wondered if you could just take a moment and share with her the story you told me about what happened to your younger sister, Jenny. Oh, well, with my younger sister, Jenny, well, first well, wait, of all... How old are you, Gerald? I'm 20 years old. And you're, yeah. you're, in, you're in college. Correct. And how old is Jenny? Jenny is 15. Okay, mm-hmm. go ahead. And uh, basically, it started actually with my 16-year-old cousin, Amanda, um, and she got, on, not on Facebook, but on Formspring, which is similar to Facebook and Twitter, mm-hmm. you can post things on somebody's wall and do it anonymously so no one can see who's writing it. Right. And somebody had posted on my cousin's wall very offensive and very horrible comments, very blatant bullying and just... I, you couldn't believe some of the things that they were saying about her in this comment, and basically they were telling her to go and kill herself because she was not, it was not something that she was worth living for. Yeah. And my sister Jenny on there, who I love her so much, she's so great, she went, she went onto the page and in response to that wrote a huge positive message to my cousin and, uh, then put something on combating the people that were uh, bullying her. And Mm -hmm. that's really what part of the Bender Lead On team is about, too, is having, because we basically run the entire group through Facebook Mm -hmm. and other social networking sites so that we have the same tool that's being used out there for cyberbullying, the same tool that's being used to try to bring these people down, we're using to bring these people back up. That's wonderful. We, we just became public this at the early of the summer, um, so we hope people could join the page. We've already got nearly 200 members on the page, and we're trying to make a huge network of people that just can be there for any time somebody's got any kind of problem with bullying. They can tell you, we're your friends, we've got your back, we know what you're going through, we've been through it, this is how we got through it, and how you can get through it too. And That's just, wonderful, and, and good for your sister, that's just wonderful. Yeah, well, so hey, Gerald, you keep fighting the fight, Gerald. I will. You can, hey, Gerald, lead on. Lead on. <laughs> lead on. And Yoshiko Dart, if you're listening, see what's happening because of you. Yoshiko and Justin, lead on no matter what. Thanks for calling in, Gerald. Thank you, Joyce. And you know what? When he told that story, I know for a fact in your book, there's, there's, some, there's someone in there, I think it's a young girl, and they were telling her that, go kill yourself. And I think they were telling her that on uh, AIM also, or something on AIM, and then the, that is what happened. Yeah, and actually, uh, Jeffrey Johnston was cyberbullied to that to that uh, tune. He, you know, the bully just made his life miserable online. But we had like I think uh, at least two of them that uh, were cyberbullied, harassed, and um, just made their life miserable. Yeah. Oh, my God. Before I forget this, Brenda, uh, if someone's listening to the show today that wants to purchase your book, Bully Side, uh, how do, Bully Side in America, Mom Speak Out About the Bullying, Suicide Connection, how do they do that? Well, they can go to either the bullypolice.org page. Towards the bottom has all the information that they could possibly want, including some other e-books on the subject of bullying. Or they can go to bullyside.org, that's B-U-L-L-Y-C-I-D-E.org. So they can, they can pick up, you know, they could probably do even a search on Google and they'd find it. So. Okay, can you repeat that again? 
bullyside.org, that's B-U-L-L-Y-C-I-D-E dot org, or they can go to bullypolice.org, that's uh, just bullypolice.org, and they can go down towards the bottom and it has all kinds of e-books and the regular book that they could order too. And you know what? If you can't get this for some reason, you get in touch with me and I will get in touch with Brenda and I'll make sure that we uh, get this book for you because, as I told you, you know, the impact that that book had on me uh, is that I had been hearing. Every time I would go, you know, speak to high school students with disabilities, for 12 years now I was hearing these horrible stories. Mm-hmm. And then one day, you know, I see this book, and I, I read this book, and I was just totally overwhelmed. I thought, oh, no, that's what's happening. That's why some of these kids are attempting suicide. You know, you don't think about it, but let me tell you, after I met Brenda and read the book and started looking into this, I talk about it everywhere I go, and I tell everyone about Brenda and her book because it is real. I I think I told you, Brenda, that I have a young man, uh, as everyone knows, I'm the chair of the National Chair of the Epilepsy Foundation and living with epilepsy, and I have a young man that they would make fun of him, hit him in the head and say, come on, let's see a seizure. And he slit his wrist and uh, went to the hospital. Thank God he lived. Mm -hmm. But when he came out of the hospital, those same kids said, hey, come and see us the next time and we'll tell you how to do it right. (sighs) So I know. What is wrong with people today, even kids? You can't hardly imagine they would be so cruel. Yeah. Yeah. And they I, are. I, I and want on you to Facebook, know, Joyce, there is you know, a having, having Facebook pages saying, I hate so-and-so, making fun of them because they're blind or deaf or, you know, have maybe a facial de- uh, deformity, whatever it is. But this is why I tell, when I speak to kids that are non-disabled, yeah. I tell them this can result in someone's death. How could you ever have that on your conscience? Yeah. And, you know, J- Jared, I, I don't know, I, I think I mentioned it to you. He was in special ed and... You know, he, he was the most brilliant boy in the world. Um, he had had some hearing difficulties when he was younger and had tubes in his ears. And, you know, so it was like he was underwater for his first three years of life. And so he it caused him some delays and everything. Um, but, you know, he was normal pretty much in every way. He could speak very well by the time he was sixth grader. But um, I just wanted to say one thing about the book. There is a little warning that goes with the book, and that is not to read it an hour before you go to bed because... It is a bit traumatizing, and it will make you so angry you just won't want to sleep that night. So I, I, I kind of give those, that warning to people. And, and it's okay for kids to read, too. For um, You know, I, I would read it with your kids and so that they can understand the powerful meaning behind it. it. It's a book about warning, but it also has some hope in it, too. So anyway. Oh, you'll never be the same. You'll never be the same. And kids that read books like that, they actually have had schools have ordered many books, and their middle school students, they're kind of doing readings of the book. And, you know, that tells me a lot about that middle school that would dare to read such a powerful book. But we are having, we are making impact with the the book so that kids know that, you know, hey, if it could happen to these kids, I mean, these are really nice-looking kids, you know. And, and, and they're normal kids. And, well, you know, some of them maybe aren't so normal. But nevertheless, if it could happen to anybody, anybody's kids, it could happen to your kids. See, now so here's what happens to my students when they're in special ed. 
Uh-huh. Say that they only have to go to one class. You know, they have a learning disability. Maybe they need help at one area, and all the other classes are mainstream. But when a student sees them, mm-hmm. yeah, that's yeah. it. They're marked. That, that's right. That's and, we, you know, we all walk around with targets on us, every one of us, mm-hmm. everybody, male, female, older, younger. But some of us have bigger targets on us. But, you know, just because we have a target on us doesn't mean somebody's going to shoot arrows at us. It really depends on who the uh, people are that are watching. Make sure those arrows aren't flung. So that's I, I, so why I always say, you know, if bullying is happening in your school, yeah, you, you can be mad at the bullies, but really, if you're going to be angry at somebody, you've got to be angry at the adults that are allowing it to happen. Yes, I agree with you. You know what, Brenda, I just wondered, is there anything that you want our listeners to know about, Jared? Here we are um, with, uh, you know, this terrible thing that happened, that happened years ago, happening tomorrow, and, and I'm, just, I'm just wondering, I thought in honor of him, and I do believe he's with us, and I do believe he's with the Bender lead-on team and helping all of us everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, but is there anything that, you know, that you would want us to know about him? Well, he was a, a very kind, sweet boy. You know, he was the type of boy that um, when he'd see somebody that was, you know, with their you know, hand up or a sign out saying they needed something to eat, I remember we went to McDonald's once to get something for somebody to eat. You know, he would be, he would, he was a very service-oriented child, loved animals, loved to have a cat sitting on his chest while he watched TV, you know, just um, a really good-natured kid and um, what I call a, in the supporter area where, you know, he would come in and, for instance, he'd see I'd be stressed out about something. He'd come in my office and he'd start rubbing my neck, you know, just, and I'd say usually, well, what do you want, Jerry? <laughs> he wants something, you know? But he knew just how to push those buttons to make people happy, and um, that was the type of person he was. Well, he, to me, I, I think he's awesome, and now, see, he has a, he had another job he has to do, so you know, he's yep. leading the way for everyone. Yep. He's inspiring through through what happened to him. He's inspiring all of us in so many ways. And, Brenda, I wanted to take just a second also so you could talk about uh, your TV interview. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That you was, were on um, television. You yeah, were on that e was Investigates, e Investigates, right? It was the E! Channel, E! Investigates Bullying. And uh, it was a fabulous. I know it's going to be on off and on still. I mean, they, they still have it on the E! Channel off and on. I'll get somebody to say, hey, I just saw, you know, and it was basically my daughter and I talking to the producers of E! on an interview and um, tell them what happened with Jared and uh, what happened with the lawsuit and various other, and Bully Police, dot, or Bully Police uh, USA. And I thought it was probably about the best interview anybody could have done, but it was very professional. And they have a lot of others, you know, they talk about bullying in such a way that, I'll tell you, after an hour of watching that show, you know all about bullying, you know. So, and if someone wants to see that, is it on YouTube or anywhere? Do you know? You know, I don't know. I I don't know how to get it. I I have the DVD, but I don't know how to get it on. He said I could put it on. The producer did, but I just don't know how to put it on yet. Um, not that brilliant um, about putting videos on. But um, every once in a while, it does come on E Channel. I just don't know when it's going to air again. And and somebody told me it was on the Style Channel of all things. So. Apparently, it's being syndicated out to other stations, and from what I hear, it's also going worldwide that they have um, 
you know, affiliates worldwide that it's going to be out there too. So maybe I'll get a phone call from somebody in Japan, you know, next month or something. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I'll bet though that, well, we'll get that. We will get that because I, I want to also get that out on my site. Mm-hmm. Um, I did see it though. You did a fantastic job. Well, I could probably send you the what the DVD that I have, and you could figure out how to get it. On. Oh, yeah, you'll have to send that to me, and we'll help you out with that. Yeah. Well, Brenda, what what um, what message do you have today for our listeners? Well, you know what? We're I, I truly believe that we we can't let the music die in any of us. And some tragic thing may happen to us, but the music's still in us. And so we've got to just keep moving forward, and we can't choose to to be bitter. We have to choose better, and there's just one letter that, that separates those two words. And so if I could say anything to anybody, go on and live your life to the fullest. You know, I, I really think I'm a believer in God, and I think that, um, you know, the Lord would be pleased that I haven't, you know, let this tragedy take me down, and that I want to make other people, you know, uh, aware of what's going on and, and try to improve their lives along with mine. So, I think that you are the most phenomenal example example of really living the life the way it's supposed to be. Thank you so much. That's what I say. E- you know, uh, easy, easy to do when people are nice to you. Yeah. Or to do it when people persecute you. Yeah. You are that example of that person that's really living the life. I'll tell you that right now. Thank you. So and, much. and helping all of us throughout the world and helping all these children and saving other lives of other children uh, throughout the world. So, you know, Brenda, we love to have you on the show anytime. Any time. And we, when will your new book be out? Well, it's just getting started now, and I'm just making assignments to people that are PhDs that have knowledge about depression and suicide and bullying, and so it probably won't be out till next year early. I'm hoping, you know, before the school year's out, but we'll see. Well, when it is, you know we want to have you on. Okay. <laughs> well, you know we want to have you on so we can talk about your book. Uh, this is Brenda High, who is the author of Bully Side in America. Mom Speak Out about the bullying suicide connection. She's a national civil rights leader and ambassador for young people who are victims of bullying. She is, to me, just a saint with what she's doing. And I hope you will not only purchase her book, but I hope schools listening will purchase this book because guess what not only do non-disabled students need to read this and people that are bullying need to read this the teachers need to read this i would highly endorse this book on the air for anyone dealing with bullying and with that we need to close the show brenda thank you so much for being with us and we end the show with a quote by a famous civil rights leader or leader in America. And today that quote will be by Brenda High herself, who says, Don't let the music stop or die within you. Wow. Thank you, Brenda. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. And to all of you, remember, speak up, 
speak up, don't be quiet when you see someone being bullied. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. And we say no to bully side. See you next week. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com.